We're in the first page of, of Kapach's introduction to Mishnah Torah. We'll continue where we left off yesterday. We spent most of our time, I mean, he's recollecting what he studied with his father and grandfather in Yemen. We spent most of our time studying the writings of Abaya and Rava. What's that? The Gemara. And whenever he says Rabbeinu, he means the Rambam. Like Rabbeinu, the Rambam told us, Besof Perik Dalid Yisudaya Torah, in the end of the fourth chapter of the laws of Yisudaya Torah, which is in this book. Vani Omer, and I say, it's interesting, whenever the Rambam uses these words, Ani Omer, Yireli, it seems that he's introducing opinion, and the question is, what do you do with the Rambam when he introduces opinion? There's a Chacham from Chachamei Ashkenaz, he wrote a whole book, on every place where the Rambam wrote Yireli, it appears to me, what does it mean? Vani Omer, and I say, Shein ra'ui letayel bapardes, that it's improper for a person to travel into the Pardes, whatever you want to understand the Rambam referring to when he means that. We'll do that when we get to that chapter. A person who's keres, what's a keres? It's part of your body, that's karet. What's a keres? Your Keres is a, a belly. Oh, a betin is the, it's the technical. A keres is like when you get a little bit of a, you know. Not like anybody here would know what I'm talking about. But a person should not go to the pardes until his keres is full of lechem ubasar, of bread and meat. What does that mean? Velechem ubasar hu asur v'amutar v'chayotze mehem mishar hamitzvot. And this means that you have, let, what is bread and meat in the context of Torah? To know what is forbidden and what is permitted. With everything that is forbidden and permitted and all the halakhot of the Torah. Even though our chachamim call this a small thing, it's not a very big area of learning. Our rabbis tell us what's a big area of study? Maase Merkava. The matter of the chariot. You know, there's Maase Bereshit and Maase Merkava, and these things, these things are a foundation for much of what you want to call the deeper parts of the Torah. Vidamakatan, and the small area of study is the Havayot Dabayavarava. Talmud. And even though that's true, you should study them first, even though they're not so important. The study of halakha is not so important. But you should study it first. Why? Because they calm down a person's mind. They, they correct translation we'll get to when we do this parak. It's the practical things you need to know in order to inherit this world, in order to live your life correctly as a Jewish person. And therefore, it's the area of study which we must do first. 
Maran writes a Shukhan Aruch. In how many segments? 30. Yes, it's Maran writes. So I want to bring me a, the old Shukhan Aruch. Where's that old Shukhan Aruch here? The brown set. You want to look for the one that says, Orach Chaim Aleph. Yeah, but it's okay. We have the. It's, you can you have it here too. Look. Okay. okay. Yeah. Maran writes as an introduction to Shulchan Aruch. Riti ani bilibi. Maran says, I saw in my heart kitov lilkot shoshanei sapiri imarav sapiri imarav b'derek tzara b'shonzach v'kolel yafeh v'naim leman tiyet orat Hashem t'mima shugura b'fikon eish Yisrael. I wanted to collect all the writings of my Bet Yosef into a book that would be easy to read, so every person could know it by heart. When a person will ask a Tamikham a question, he shouldn't stutter and not know the halacha. You should say to the wisdom, You are my sister. As the rabbi say, just like a person knows that he can't marry his sister. That's how you know that halakha. You know there's no argument about that halakha. You know there's no other opinion about that halakha. That's how you should know every halakha. Show every halakha so well as you know the halakha that you can't marry your sister. Is it you should know this book by heart. That everyone looks inside. I've broken up the book into 30 parts so you can learn one part every day. And at the end of every month, you'll finish the whole Shukhan Aruch. And I'll say to him, How praiseworthy is it that a person can come here, meaning he can come to the next world with his Torah under his hands. You know your Torah well. So who do you write this book for? This is really, this is meant for the Tamil Chamim who study the Bet Yosef. And know all the opinions. It's a way for them to remember the Halachot well. So you can know them every day. Who else did he write Shulchan Aruch for? Zot ve'od ha-talmidim ha-ktanim, the little children, the small children. Yegu they'll learn this book always. V'yishananu l'shonu al-peh, and they'll memorize the wording by heart. V'yetia gersad yankut ha-msudat b'fiyem mikatnutam, halakha l'maseh. And that way, the things they learn as a child, they'll memorize Shulchan Aruch by heart. And they know it by heart. And when they get older, they won't forget it. Maran is of the opinion that his Shulchan Aruch is supposed to be finished every month. You finish Shulchan Aruch every month. How long is it going to take you before you memorize Shulchan Aruch? A year? Two years? How long does it take you to memorize Shulchan Aruch? It's not a long book. It's only 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 volumes, 15 volumes. Yeah, every month. For the little kids. That's the... What's not realistic? Maran intended, he wrote the Shulchan Aruch for that to happen. Look, look at the page of Shulchan Aruch. Look. See a page of Shulchan Aruch? That's Maran. Yeah? That's not Maran. 
That's not even Maran. That's the Ramah already. So, one, two, three, four, five lines on this page are Maran. You don't think it's easy to just memorize everything Maran says? You can finish the whole Shukhan Aruch. You want to start arguing about opinions? Do that in your own time. You don't want to study all four volumes of Shukhan Aruch? It's the first two. You don't want to do the first two? Orachayim, the first one. Why don't you just take one volume of Shukhan Aruch? That should take you all of seven days. That's the laws of prayer, the laws of waking up in the morning, the laws of Shabbat, the laws of the holidays, the laws of Pesach, Purim, Shavuot, Sukkot, Chanukah, Rosh Chodesh. A good hundred chapters on Shabbat. You could do that all in the, the week. Next week, Tuesday night, you'll know Shukhan Uvahar. It's possible. That's right, with all the commentaries. See, whenever someone writes a book to simplify halakha, someone else writes a book to complicate it. <laughs> the Chachamim decide, Rabbi Yudha Nasi decides to write a Mishnah. And then what do we do? It's too complicated to the Mishnah. We write a Gemara. What did the Gemara do? It took six books on the Mishnah and turned it into dozens and dozens of books. Now, the Gemara wasn't enough. I had to start writing commentary to the Gemara. That was enough, so the Rif comes along. Comes and makes an abridged version of the Gemara. Abridged. Just the Halakhot. Take out all the stories. Take out all the arguments. Just an abridged version of the Gemara. What do we do? We write commentaries on his book also. So along comes the Rambam. And the Rambam says, guys, forget it. Last chance. We're going to write a book of Halakhot so that you will only need two books in your library. The Tanakh and the Mishnah Torah. That's it. Everybody will know Halakha. And what do we do? Start writing commentaries in the Hamdan. So long comes the tool. This is God. Last time. We're going to write a tool. Shulchan Everything you need is not even going to include like the Rambam or the fancy stuff, the extra stuff. We're just going to talk about the Halakhot that are relevant outside of the land of Israel. And along come... The Jews and write a commentary on So then Maran says, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Even he wrote a commentary on the two. He also wrote a commentary on the Rambam. So Maran says, last chance. We're going to make a Shukhan so even little children can read Shukhan and memorize it by heart. And along come all the other rabbis and write commentaries on it. So whenever we try to make it simple, someone makes it complicated. And Halakha has reached this place where Unless you know a thousand opinions about something, you don't even know halakha. My favorite question, well, that's what Maran says. So what about, I don't know, you'll break my head now. What about everybody else? You want to follow everybody else, go follow everybody else. I know Maran said it was okay. You want to have a problem with it? Good, go somewhere. How much do you want us to, how much do you study before it becomes bitul Torah? I'm saying now something brazen. How much Torah do you study before the time you waste studying things that are not important become a waste of time studying Torah? What, every Torah you study? It's now okay to study whatever you want. 
You want to do study of Gemara. You want to learn Gemara every day. Good. So now you fulfill the mitzvah of studying Torah. Studying Gemara. Okay, so Maran writes here. He's just quoting Rambam and then the Gemara. We did this once together on Shavuot. Maran writes, A person who must make their learning into three parts. Shlish Batorah. A third has to be Torah. Shibichtav written Torah. Dahinu Arba Vesrim. The 24 books of the Tanakh. Shlish B'Mishnah. A third of Mishnah. Dahinu Torah Shabal Peh. Upirush Torah Shibichtav. Bechanazeh. So that includes the Mishnah and the Talmud. And then it's a Shlish Batalmud. A third has to be Talmud. If the second is Talmud, so what's the third category? When Chachamim use the word Talmud, they really mean what we call Halakha. Yes, you should know there's a rule in your heads. What Chachamim call Talmud, we call Halakha. For them, Talmud was Halakha. Not Halakha like, do this, don't do that. The study of Torah Shabbat Peh to reach you to the conclusions, analyzing the sources to reach Halakha. Then he says, uh, Maran. Ketan, how much time a day do you spend studying? Haya Baal Umanut, if you are a person with a profession. Vosek bimlachto gimel shaot biyom, vetet batora. If you study three hours, a, you work three hours a day, and you study Torah nine hours a day. That's a working person in the eyes of Maran. So if you are working more than three hours a day, according to Maran, you're probably in the category of a slave, not in the category of a working person. Yes? What? That's right. Yes. Rambam also. Maran, yes. Therefore, you spend three of those hours you study reading Torah. Gimel Torah Shabbat Peh, a third, three hours, and then the three hours you study Halacham. When is this said? Which stage in your learning? In the beginning of when a person studies Torah. But when you grow up in Torah, you know Torah well. When you no longer have any need to study Tanakh all the time or Talmud all the time. Because you know those books by heart. You grew up already. At that point, you should just review periodically your studies of the Tanakh and of the Talmud so you don't forget things. And at that point in time, you should spend your time studying Talmud. With Talmud, understanding Halakha in depth. Yes? And that's every person, depending on how much intellectual capacity they have. That's what they should spend the rest of their life studying. Says the Ramah, Haga, note. Some say, the Ramah, some say that with the Babylonian Talmud, the Ramah is in a dilemma. How do you justify that in Ashkenaz, the Jews really only studied Gemara? Because Talmud Bavli includes Mishnah, includes Torah, includes Halakha. Because of that, it's considered a study of that all. 
only to the shach. Shach, if you think of Probably the most uh, classic Ashkenazi commentary on Shulchan Shach quotes the Drisha. We've quoted the Drisha before. Drisha, Prisha, he had a mother or a, or a wife who was a big time in the Chama. He quotes her in the Halakha in the laws of lighting candles for Shabbat. Kadavad Drisha. The Drisha writes, Yesh Baalei Batim. There are some working folk. Noagim Lilmod B'chol Yom Gapat. They study Gapat. What is Gapat? Gemara, Perush Rashi, and Tosafot. So they study Talmud. They don't study Talmud a 15 minute a day Talmud class. They don't do one hour of the Daf Yumi. They don't do, they do serious, intense Gemara. With Rashi, with Tosafot, that's already uh, intense learning of Gemara. Velo Sha'ar Poskim, but they don't study the writings of the Poskim. They study Talmud. Umevim Rayam, Adam. אבל אני ראה את הפירסטמי שיש ללמוד ספרי הפוסקים. You have to study the writings of the rabbis who dealt with הלכה. דיני התורה כמו הריף ומורדכי והראש ודומיהם זה זהו שורש וקרא תורתנו ואינם יוצאים כלל בלימוד גפת. says that unless they study הלכה they don't fulfill at all the מצווה of learning Torah with the study of Talmud. And then he says, who is he talking about? We're talking about a person who has nine hours a day to study Torah. He has nine hours, of course he can study Gemara. But the Baalei Batim that we have, the ones who don't have nine hours a day to study, they only study three or four hours a day? I mean, there's a nine-hour ideal person who's working, and there's the one who, what can they do? They only have four hours a day to study Torah. Yeah? What about those people? They cannot study just Gemara. Why? The Shach is quoting this Halakha. Somebody who studies Gemara, and that's all they study, if one takes two hours a day to study Gemara, well, they don't fulfill a mitzvah of studying Torah at all. So instead of wasting time, instead of wasting time, go study things you need to study. We said mentioned Tanakh, we mentioned Halakha, you want the Mishneh Torah, it's easier for you, it flows nicer, you want Shukhan you can finish it in 30 days, whatever you want. Those are books you have to own. It's important. What I'm saying now is not because something is called Torah, you can study it. Not everybody has enough hours in their day where they have the right to study whatever they want to study. I didn't even talk here about people who go off and study all kinds of other things that I, I don't want to mention in front of the camera. They study Torah, the real Torah, the deep Torah. Secret Torah, the Torah that no one heard about before then. They spend talking about which ventricle in your heart has a Yetzirah inside of it, or which one doesn't. They didn't even study yet Tanakh or Halakha. 
You ask them a simple question, how do you wash your hands in the morning? They don't know. Says Rabbi Yosef Kapach, I study Torah the way my father and my grandfather taught us to study Torah, which was at five years old, we study Tanakh. At 10 years old, we finish the Tanakh, we start Mishnah. At 15 years old, we finish the Mishnah, we study the Talmud. And we spent most of our life studying Talmud, meaning studying those texts to reach the halachic conclusions of those texts. He writes to his student, Rabbi Yosef, the son of Yehuda, in the letters of the Rambam. And I already warned you, says the Rambam to his student. You should not become lazy. Until you know the entire Mishneh Torah by heart. Let it be your book. And teach it everywhere. So you can maximize the benefit of the Mishneh Torah. Then we're on page Yud at the top. The whole purpose of studying Torah is to know what are you supposed to do. How do you do it? What you're not allowed to do. It should be clear to a person like you, my student. And therefore, says the Rambam, we wrote this book of the Mishneh Torah in order to make it easy to memorize. And said, I recommend that you study it in its original Hebrew. So you can know that the language I wrote it in, says the Rambam. It's an easy Hebrew. And for those of you who are going to begin learning Mishneh Torah with me, you're going to realize the Hebrew of the Mishneh Torah is not complicated at all. That's the brilliance of the Mishneh Torah. It's not complicated. You don't sit there scratching your head, what did the Rambam mean? The Rambam, it's not serving on a silver platter. It's, it's, it's putting it into your mouth with a silver spoon. It's very easy to know the Mishneh Torah. Kapach is now the one speaking and says, and you should know from the rest of the Rambam's books, we also didn't stop studying, meaning we always studied his writings. The Rambam is all one, one, I don't know, I have a translation. The Rambam is all one. Yes, maybe from the next sentence you understand what he means. The Rambam is only one Rambam. In his halachot, machshavotav, uvashkavotav, in his thoughts, in his theology. And all the words of those haters and those jealous people and those, we rejected all of them. He's making a reference, not important for us now. The Rambam is one Rambam. I think it's very important to know this. There are many Jews over time. I have a video all on Baruch put up online called Don't study the Rambam, follow the Rambam. People have a hard time with the Rambam. I told you the other night that Rabbi Yusuf Kapach says that everyone looks at the Rambam like he's a mirror. They see themselves in the Rambam. They project themselves in the Rambam. There's also parts of the Rambam that people have a very hard time accepting. For some people, it's his halachot. For some people, it's his mo'en For some people, it's his philosophy. For some people, it's a lack of discussion. For some, everyone has something else that they didn't like in the Rambam. They were great, Chachamim. I mean, I'm not saying 
who banned the study of the Rambam's books entirely. It's a very mainstream thing in the Jewish world today to say you can study the halachot of the Rambam but not the theology of the Rambam. It's a very mainstream thing. It's a, it's a normative thing to hear. Study the Rambam's Mishneh Torah but don't touch his Moen Don't touch his ideologies. But says Rav Kapach, we didn't reject any part of the Rambam. Someone who truly understands the Rambam knows he's one Rambam. All around he's Rambam. And that's important to know. Achat Rambam. is one. He's one. Don't get scared. You're going to hear from people, what are you studying Mishnah Torah for? Do you know we don't follow the Mishnah Torah? Do you know we don't follow the Rambam? What value is there in knowing the Rambam? It's just one opinion. It's wonderful to hear such things. But the Rambam, for some of us, is the main road. This is the highway. This is the Chacham that gave us everything. And how you reconcile what the Rambam didn't give us, that's already a different conversation that I don't think I'll have here. At least not in this year. But what he did give us, we're very excited about. Baal Hashem, next year we have, of Kapak is going to discuss all about the handwritten manuscripts that his family had from Rambam how they got them, how did those manuscripts even begin to be written, why are there handwritten manuscripts of the Rambam, why is there no authoritative printing of the Rambam's Rishnet Torah, you know, we have a Shulchan Aruch, the edition that was printed in Maran's lifetime, and we can trace changes that happened since then, yes, uh, I spoke here once about Kaparot, and how in Maran, the Rambam printed, the first Maran, the first Shulchan Aruch printed, it says in the title, Maran calls the, you want to say the editor in the first edition of Shukran Aruch it says Kaparot Minhag Shtutu it's a stupid custom a silly custom nonsensical custom in all the editions of Shukran Aruch you have today it doesn't say that sentence editing how do we know because the first one had it it's not like the second one had it so the first one didn't and the third one didn't the first one had and the second one didn't why is it that we don't have authoritative scripts or texts of the Rambam's printing? Mr. Kapach is going to answer that next week. It has to do with the way the Rambam published his Mishra Torah and what was happening in the Rambam's... You know, There's not the kind of book you write in one night. It's not the kind of book you publish in one day. Not everyone buys a 14-volume set of books. You write a chapter, you send it here. You write a chapter, you send it there. And that uh, leads to uh, variations or variant scripts in the Rambam, which Mr. Kapach mentioned yesterday already. He mentioned that sometimes you see the Rambam writes one thing, in the second book, he changes an opinion. Then the third time, he changes an opinion. The fourth time, even he changes an opinion. So which opinion do you follow? That becomes part of the work of studying the writings of the Rambam. Before I end, when I mentioned earlier about the, the quote from a certain Tamikham, this Tamikham is a dear friend of mine. I don't mean anything as a jab on a personal level. But on a, I'm, I'm showing that in the mainstream Jewish world, that's, the, that's an approach that many people have. The approach is the Rambam in Salachot is the greatest of all. But the Rambam has an ideology that is so strange, that is so bizarre, that is so unpalatable to the Jewish palate who's used to a different kind of Torah, that it shouldn't surprise you when we begin to study the opposition towards the Rambam and certain writings of his. Whether that narrative is true or not is not for me to discuss at this moment in time. But it's important to know that even Tamil al like I mentioned, those that I respect, even they sometimes have this approach. And you should know about it because when it comes time to confront it, you want to know that it's